Yeah, boofing is one of those things that I never gave much thought to. I feel like if you're having somebody blow illicit drugs up your butt through a straw, I would assume a straw. Yeah. Maybe like a hose. I mean, there was, who knows? There's probably some kind of boofing apparatus. Like, <laughs> well, um, for, say, for, for serious boofers. I, I feel like it can't be more... Uh, I mean, I'm sure, there. yeah, there's some serious boofers <laughs> out there. But it can't be more um, more technical than just your beer bong shoved up your ass and you just... Yeah, Steve-O style. Yeah, just <laughs> blowing it in there. But who is... Is it cocaine that you're boofing normally? Because who's just... Who's wasting cocaine on your butthole? I mean, it gets into your system quicker. Does it? Yeah, but I thought it had isn't because get... isn't that like how why they, they do that to the alcohol like the so like well yeah because it goes into your digestive tract. But do you want to digest, you know, cocaine? I don't know. You want to test it? Real I mean, quick? wouldn't you technically because if you snort it, it goes down into your nose, down into your throat. I thought it went into your sinuses and it absorbed through them. Man, I never did coke. Me neither. I don't really. Oh, want you know to. what I know about coke? Blow. Everything I've seen on TV and movies, that's about it. Yeah. Blow, uh, blow and the wire. Yeah, it's about and, it. and that's more crack, but, you know. <laughs> crack. Do you boof crack? I'm sure there's people who do it. People probably boof meth. There's definitely somebody out there who's trying to boof marijuana. But how would that work? Because It wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, because the smoke, that's not what you... Can you inhale through your butt, like clench real hard um, i don't know maybe it's like in that episode of south park when they shove the food up their ass and they shut out their mouth so maybe if you took like a pot cookie and shove it that up would your work ass. yeah that would work what if somebody could take a drag with their butt and then it comes out of their mouth to smoke <laughs> That'd be some shit. it I comes just, out of their pee I hole I, your anatomy sir is frightening I just, me i just don't want to be on the other end of that guy and like on the rotation of that <laughs> Like, oh, this joint tastes real shitty. <laughs> who who let him start? Oh. What is going on? You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Jane. With me, as always, Spencer, the Turkish Travesty Church. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. Got a Middle Eastern flair today, huh? Yeah, I like it. I was wondering why you're wearing a babushka. That doesn't seem like that goes with Middle That's like Russian, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It I sounds could, Russian. I little. could definitely just say that you're wearing some ridiculous outfit every episode, yeah. and nobody's going to know the difference because we don't have video. No. That's probably a good idea. I'm yeah. going to start doing that. Spencer, I'm wearing a G-string. <laughs> that, <laughs> Neon. That, that's it. <laughs> What's that uh, Sean Connery movie where he wears that fucking weird one-piece, like... Oh, yeah. It's like the Borat swimsuit. Uh, that movie had a weird name. I forget. That was awful, though. He had the ponytail. It's very hairy. Oh, man. I'm sleepy. You got lots of energy, don't you? All of... <clears throat> like, it's a, it's uh, anti-energy. Anti-energy? Yeah, it's like... Or the negative energy. I think negative energy would probably be more fitting for what I've been feeling recently. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, I don't know about you, but my writing... I've I've been writing every day, but I get, like, a hundred words, and uh, I'm just no, shitting yeah. the bed. Like, I just crap out. I'm, okay, that's good. I've been so tired after work lately. I don't know what's going on. And every time, like, when I'm working, I'm like, ooh, I want to write this. I want to write that. I have all these ideas. As soon as I get home, I'm like, I'm going to get on that. 
And then six hours go by, and I'm like, oh, shit, I need to get on that. And then I just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I've been the, the, the same way because I, uh, I started on that the uh, low level um yeah the short story oh, short, the short story version of it and like i've been only a couple hundred uh words into it but like i started it like last week and i just i can't every time i start to i just i i crap out after a you little just, bit you can't get focused can't get into it see here's the thing though this might give you a little motivation because I was looking at my story yesterday, not yesterday, because we went to the book club and I didn't do anything yesterday, day before. So even though I've only been writing like a couple hundred words a day, I think I've been working on like a week. I'm up to almost 2,000 words for the first oh. part of the story, so that's yeah. that's something. I yeah. mean, it's not my normal like two, 3,000 words in a week, Yeah. but even so, at least it's making progress. I'm not just doing absolutely nothing. So that's fucking something. Yeah. You know it's messed up too. You know how you uh, remember a couple weeks ago you uh, helped sign me up on that Grammarly software for, for the writing and stuff like right. that. Because you know it gets your email and everything, and you know, like it, I don't know if you've ever seen them in your emails, but you know they will send oh, you yeah, things fixes. if you, you want to like look at your stats of like you know what you worked that week and, and stuff like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You you can check that stuff out. And then one like one time after like. A couple of days of writing, like I got it, it came email, and I didn't read the whole thing. I just like pulled it down from the top just to see what it was, what it was saying. It was just like, "Oh, were you on vacation this week?" Like, oh, that sh- was like fuck you, Grammarly. Like, <laughs> you get off my shit. Come on. Um, it was funny because when I got that, I didn't even know that was like a feature on it. So it's right when I got that, I used it just as like the last piece of editing for I think yeah. like three separate long stories I had. And uh, when it sent me my progress report at the oh, end of the week, shit. it was like, you did 150,000 mm-hmm. words this week. I was like, holy shit. Now it's saying yell at me after this, isn't it? Because I'm never going to be able yeah, to keep you, that streak. You won't be able to reach that, those peaks like, ever again. Yeah, I, I didn't write those words that were already written. It just, I don't know. I mean, it's nice to have that feature, I guess. But like you said, it could make you feel kind of shitty. When I guess, like... It motivates you to get back to work. Like, I think... Well, it didn't help either whenever, like, when I first saw that, like, I was going on, like, on a break at work. And I was just like, you know, fuck you, Grammarly. (laughs) You know what I like about the Grammarly? When you're writing emails, it'll edit that, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work on everything. But, uh, I think... I don't think Hootsuite works. Um, I know WordPress, which fucking irritates me because that's where our site's on. It doesn't work on there. A lot of different... I think even Twitter it works, maybe. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that will just edit your grammar on the go. But emails especially, which is cool because sometimes, you know, I'm firing a bunch of emails off. I hope, And it will help you look a little bit more uh, professional. Yeah, yeah, nothing worse than writing this long professional email and then you give it a once over. It seems good. And then you send it out and you realize, oh, shit. And you look, mm. you fucking said something wrong or typo or something this episode after a series of drunken misadventures it seems like we've been having <laughs> we figured we'd get back to an actual writing topic so today is the most basic rule of writing not the most basic that's i don't know why i said that <laughs> this is more of an advanced rule actually. yeah yeah i think yeah yeah this is this after is, you've had some stories under your belt yeah this like, is definitely more advanced i am looking higher, this is a higher learning yeah method. Now, this is something we've written about on the site and talked about, I think, previously. At least we touched upon. But I didn't feel like looking up the article we wrote previously. I'm just going to use 
is because this is a newer one. Because our we, the one I wrote, I think, was a couple years old. Yeah. So this one might be able to reflect some newer views because this came out July last year. This is from writingcooperative.com. My Golden Rules to Show, Don't Tell by author Leona Britz. Shout out to you, Leona Britz, for writing this article that we're probably going to read verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're going to just riff off of some of these. But, you know, the show and don't tell, the reason why that's an advanced technique is because, especially when you start out writing, you just, I'm going to tell a story. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. What you actually want to do is tell a, a story in such a way that the reader is the one that actually is telling, like, they're the one seeing the story. So you might, you kind of tell them what's going on, but you have to paint the picture in their head. If you just tell them, like, word for word, you know, Dan's going to get the garbage. The garbage smells very bad. Dan makes a nasty face. That's, that you're just showing, or, you know, you're telling them everything yeah. that's happening. Instead, like, describe the, the stink of the garbage. Like, let the picture paint itself in their head. That's what you really want to do. But instead of terribly rambling and, on about... And this is like and one of those things that you could, you know, do and you're not even realizing it. Especially when you're first starting out. Because you said you just... You're focused on just the, the, maybe the, the story aspect itself. And, yeah, that's good. But especially whenever you start to go over your, uh, like, second drafts and yeah. stuff. This is whenever you want to kind of manipulate that so it's a better toned story. Well, that's a very good point, too, because until you get really good, you're normally not writing, you know, using this in mind. You're just like your first draft, especially you are just telling the story. You just want to get it out. And even as I've get gotten better as a writer, I find it's actually easier just to kind of tell the story word for word. And then when you do that second draft, that's when you really show the story yeah. and you go back and you really add those details to spice it up. Um, so let's see what we got here. And then, too, you actually know what's going to happen, so you can hint yeah. and, and play off things a little bit better as well. You could just flesh things out in a, a better way. But I, I do feel like a lot of writers, they don't. They just stick with that first... It, I swear I've read things where it's like, if this... <laughs> <laughs> that should be the open. <laughs> um, I hair up my nose from this shitty robe. I feel like a lot of... um work I've read from writers, it's almost as if they just written the first draft and then now that, oh, that's good and they just put it out. It's like, is it good? Why are you putting that out with did you like if that is their final product, if they actually edited it like more than you know, did like two or three passes, you're not a good writer. Yeah. You need to just fucking quit. Anyway, so this Leona Britz, her wonderful article here, I'm gonna go into it. Show don't tell is of the most relevant writing techniques. It confers quality to the text and involves the readers. It grabs them. I just want another shout out to the writing cooperative because we've had some bad, uh, <laughs> some bad websites we've looked at before. This one seems like to be actually very good. Like this is a very well written article, and uh, we should probably read more from articles like this mm -hmm. rather than, you know. But I don't even know what was the bustle or oh, random bullshit sites we find. Because usually it's those clickbait titles. Like, okay, we'll read off of these. And then it's terrible, terrible list first or, uh, type article. What is show don't tell? Show don't tell is easy to theoretically understand. However, it can be complex to apply to it. But the good news is once you understand it and use it, there's no going back. Your writing will include it intuitively. The writer, Anton Chekhov, defines show don't tell like this. Don't tell me the moon is shining. 
Show me the glint of light on the broken glass. That's one of my favorite quotes, by the way. Because it is because that, that gives you the exact definition of it just by using a writing technique. You don't say, you know, the, the moon shining. You show it shining off the broken glass. So you that's what you that's the like that's an advanced technique. Yeah. Because not everybody thinks like that, at least when you first start. But once you start thinking in like that kind of manner, your writing really goes up to another level. That's kinda like whenever uh when you like an athlete uh, learning a new uh, tool in whatever sport, like a basketball player, yeah, learning like, new moves, and like or after like their third year in, they're, they're finally able to shoot like a solid like three pointer. Mm-hmm. It's just something that adds onto your game. Yeah, it makes just, you a better all around writer. Yeah, so it just builds on your previous skills. Because most of us, we go into writing and we have a certain skill that we're already good at. But we lack other things. So for me, like, I'm pretty good at um, laying out a kind of like a detailed scene or something like that. But, like, for instance, the show Don't Tell, I wasn't very good at for a long time because it was something I never thought about. And uh, that's that's the thing I started adding to my writing. And it's definitely beefed it up. Difference between show and tell. Uh, I'm sure it'll explain in this article. But there are times where... Telling is fine. Oh, yeah. You need to tell rather than show. Because if your whole work also is just you're showing everything, that can be annoying too. Because some things you just, you know, somebody's drinking vodka. And if it's not important to the story at all, you just say they're drinking vodka. You don't have to describe everything about it. As a writer, your goal is to provoke a reaction in your readers. Take them to feel the emotions your character is feeling. The difference between show and tell is that show invokes on the reader a mental image of the scene emotion. While tell is a statement of an action emotion. Show. Show is a tool used to pull the reader to a scene. Using it, you're creating a connection between the reader and your scene character. This happens because you're making the reader interpret what's happening instead of telling him what he should understand or feel. Showing concrete and vivid details will make the reader create his own conclusions. That will be the same as yours, only he's going to interpret them by himself. Show keeps the reader actively involved in the story. On the other hand, tell will keep them passive on the plot. That's a good point, too, because showing definitely, like I said, you know, you're painting the picture in the reader's head. They're engaged in it. Because I'm sure if you've watched TV shows where you're really engaged in the plot, like especially like mysteries or yeah. something like that, or you just want to know what's going to happen. So you're really paying attention. You're trying to figure out along with the main character what's happening. And it's almost like you're in the story. Versus you've watched TV shows where it's just a A to B to Z to whatever. Pretty good. Cool, yeah, story. And you can literally just zone out or do something else and not watch it. And then when you come back to it, it's the same you shit's know. happening. You know. Yeah. that That's boring writing. And I find a lot of technical writers or scientific journal type writers who dabble in fiction do that a lot. Because they're used to just telling you what you need to know. Yeah. So when they try to... Try their hand at fiction. That's how their writing style is, and it does not translate well. Also, I've seen fiction writers who want to add more scientific elements to the work, and they're not good at doing the tell part. Yeah. Because they just, uh, they're so used to creating all these images that when it comes to doing the scientific mumbo jumbo, they can't do it uh, very well. When they do it, it's a, uh, I don't want to say boring, but like, doesn't it's like reading or, a textbook or, or they might not even have the right facts depending on yeah. the, the uh what you know how much they know about whatever given subject yeah there's there's a, many ways you could fail at that tell when you tell you're stealing to the reader the opportunity for him to discover 
by himself the world you've created to add something personal to the scene for him to get involved. You won't allow him to use his imagination, his experience, and even his personality to take his conclusions. You're imposing yours. You've kept your reader outside the story when what you want is the opposite. The reader doesn't want to be told that the character is angry, sad, or happy. He wants to feel it. When the writer shows the story from the character's perspective, hardly the reader will drop the book. He's living with the character. The events are him as well. The reader sees, listens, thinks, and feels what the character lives. He has to interpret the meaning that you, as a writer, print it. The reader becomes part of the story. Why would he abandon it? Writing, applying show, don't tell is harder. You'll put more effort. You'll need to uncover each emotion. But think about this. As a reader, do you prefer to feel a chill in your spine reading an erotic scene or to read that same scene told as a documentary naming every feeling? Do you prefer to be a reader spectator excluded from the scene or a reader character part of the plot? Yeah, that's a thing in uh, erotic fiction too where those are probably the best show to tell writers because you can't just describe or, you know, just tell them every feeling the character is having. Yeah. Because that's a very boring sex scene or romance scene or whatever you're having. And I think uh, a lot of writers, no matter how good of writers they are, when they get older, whether it's just laziness or they just kind of fall back on the – like any job, you just kind of fall back and just – you can just do the job, but you're not really focused on doing an amazing job. You just want to do it. I feel like a lot of older writers tend to fall back on the just telling people what's happening. People who, like, you know, they already got a fan base, so they know they're yeah. going to buy the book, so why put them... Because the it's mess? easier. It's an yeah. easier way to write. Telling the audience what's happening is just, you know, like this says, telling that a, telling your uh, readers that a character is happy is way easier than showing them they're happy. Six tips to implement show, don't tell in your writing. I see. The door opens. The dog. Fuckers. See, here, here's an example. The dog, tail wags. Why is his tail wagging? Is he angry? Is he sad? Is he happy? Yet to explain how that tail is wagging. Anyway, six tips to implement show, don't tell in your writing. Use the character's five senses. Well, no shit. Take the reader to the scene through the character's five senses. Make a list of what the character sees, listens, feels, touch, or taste. Then rewrite the scene using strong verbs. More about this on the next tip. Number two, use strong verbs. Strong verbs are the irregular ones. Those that form the past tense out of their own resources without calling to their assistance any ending. Source, Garner's Modern American Uses by Brian Garner in 2016. They are dynamic and often have a connotation of movement. They create a vivid image in the reader's mind. For instance, the verbs love, hate, believe, belong, live are static verbs. Unlike the strong verbs, walk, say, sell, or think, that implicate an action from the subject, but this is not a rule to be always employed. Weak verbs are part of the writing, and they have value. However, writing crucial scenes, if you want to create tension or to highlight a scene, make sure to use strong verbs. I would say, to be a good writer, you want definitely a combination of weak and strong verbs. Yeah, I mean... It makes sense. Yeah, it's a... You want to... You need a little bit of everything in there. You, yeah. If you're too heavy on one thing, it's going to make another... Same with adverbs, adjectives, all that stuff. Yeah. You go too heavy or too light, you got you to gotta find the balance. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Number three, avoid adverbs. 
I don't know if I'm agreeing with this lady now. Let's see. An adverb is a word that changes the meaning of the verb. Adjective or another adverb. Using the previous tip, your verb will annul the need for an adverb. Adverbs distract the reader of the story. They put you as a writer on the scene. It's you who's giving meaning to an action. Moreover, in the story, there's only place for the characters and the reader. You don't belong there. About the adverbs, Stephen King in his book on writing, A Memoir of the Craft, states, With adverbs, the writer usually tells us he or she is afraid he, she isn't expressing himself, herself clearly. Take this as an example. Richard walked slowly through the avenue. Including this adverb, I've interfered with your reading. Instead, I could have shown like this. Richard walked on the avenue. He stopped to smell the flowers. He admired the blue sky, smiled at the squirrels running up the trees. If Richard were in a hurry, he wouldn't stop to smell the flowers or look at the sky. Being descriptive, I've shown how Richard was calm and walking slow. Besides, I've also shown that Richard is a person sensitive to nature. If I wanted to let you know that he was angry, I would show him nagging about the children's noise. Showing a scene, we are also allowing the reader to build a profile of the character by himself without our interference. When using adverbs, which is not wrong, only they must be used spaced and only if they give real meaning to the sentence. Access is combination with the verbs. I will say, and you've mentioned this problem with Stephen King in the past, not too much, but every once in a while, you don't always need that part about Richard walking and sniffing yeah. the flower. Maybe he just walks slowly. That's all you have to yeah. say. He he does get over-explanatory or descriptive sometimes. That's because, you again, like we said, you, can't show, you don't want to show too much either. It comes down, like we said, with balance. Are you bogging the story down at any point? Because if it's a scene that doesn't need it, like that's a good example because it shows, like it said, the character likes nature, you know, and also they did it while he's slowly walking. So that's character development. But if you already know the character and then you want to say, you know, Richard ran quickly down the hallway, do you need to go into a whole paragraph to, you know, show him running down the hallway quickly? Or can you just say it? It depends what the... uh the connotation for the you know to the story is is it important and then like, if it's just a quick transition scene i don't feel you and, need to go into the detail and it all depends on the pacing of the kind of story you're telling like i i would imagine i have i haven't men, read many but like thrillers of like you know like spy thrillers or and things like that when there's like globe trotting and everything going on that's probably more of a quicker less descriptive combo still good kind of story it just you don't want to bog down the story and slow the pace down just to have especially if it's like a thing you know where like a james bond where there's a lot of running around and action you don't want to slow the action down by explaining how fast the action's going or not explaining but showing how fast the action's going with six paragraphs Explaining, explaining somebody's gun or, or yeah. something. And while I definitely try to avoid using, you know, he ran quickly, he walked slowly, sometimes that's fine. Yeah. And I will say, in my first draft, a lot of times, like what I'm, I've been trying to do, and it seems to be working pretty well, I will do that. I will just have the character walk slowly and just keep going with the scene. Yeah. And then when I go back, I'll change that and, you know, do the showing where necessary. Have uh but brush it out a little bit make it a- yeah just use it as a place marker almost yeah. you know he walked richard walked slowly i'll just use that as a place marker and i'll know once i get to that 
that adverb, that's a that's a place where I'm actually going to fill it out and get rid of that. So it, it just that beefs up your writing, but it also doesn't slow you down to do it that way. Some people though, they just keep that way. Um, I mean, I guess that probably depends on people's writing styles. If they're able to get that fluid and thought out of a sentence out on that first go without slowing you down at all, I mean, more power to you. It's it's just each person's creative um, style. It's one of those things that, like we were saying, I mean, it's hard to explain because as Stephen King said, you know, with that description there, the last book I read from him, or the last couple... He clearly broke that rule a bunch of times. Yeah. Because he knows what scenes it'll slow down his writing and what won't. And that book is older, too. What, so, Carrie? No, um, just his own writing book. Oh, yeah, that's from, what, the early 2000s or yeah, something? Yeah, so who, like, that's almost 20 years old. Who knows what yeah. his, what he thinks. I mean, I, I've, I've, I know for, like, I've heard him multiple times kind of go out on adverbs, but yeah. I'm just saying. Like, as a writer and his style has probably changed since then, too. Well, it's definitely a solid rule, but it's, as with all writing rules, it's definitely made to be broken. You look at all the writers, um, I would say before the 20th century or even the early 20th century, there's a lot of adverb-heavy books, and it didn't take away, like F. Scott Fitzgerald, it doesn't take away from what he's saying at all. It's still master, you know, his, like, The Great Gatsby, still a masterpiece. You still get, you still are hooked into the book. It just depends how well they write. But yeah, definitely you don't want to go adjective or adverb heavy. I would kind of be interested. I wish we would have did this topic before we read Matt Holland's uh, Hair of the Dog. Because I, while I didn't notice if he used or didn't use adverbs heavily, I would like, because sometimes, you know, that he told a good story. So you're just focusing on the story. But I would like to go back with that eye and just kind of see if we could point out anything. Just be, you know, just because he's an indie writer, he doesn't have the big publisher telling him, "Hey, you know, change yeah. this up." And uh, so, I mean, that might be something to do in the future. Is just look at different things like that. We'll keep that in mind when we're reading. Yeah, things. I mean, I have written, I've written uh, like Neil Gaiman or something. I've read their work, and there are scenes where I'm like, "This could have fucking easily." You know, either this could have easily just been he walked quickly, or this could have been much improved by some detail like you find that in everybody's work and those are just like nitpicky things yeah as long as it doesn't take away from the story it doesn't and really again matter. it's very stylistic depending on how the person writes what's what I, what is always good for the goose isn't good for the gander you know yeah number four be specific the more specific you are in the descriptions the easier show will be being specific you'll find the blank spaces left by your tell and you'll create a dynamic scene. Don't spare in the wording. Instead, use descriptions to show. Avoid generic terms. Use concrete nouns that will give the reader an image. If you want to say that the character has a dog, show its happiness when its owner gets home. Again, there's no need for you to apply this rule in every paragraph. Besides, the fact that you don't want an exhaustive description, the specific specificity... How the fuck do you say that word? Specific... Uh, (laughs) I never I've read it so many times but I've never actually said it out loud specificity that ain't right the specificness of the word super specific (laughs) super specific (laughs) is what they're trying to say is what they really mean the specific ah so close 
Specificity <laughs> will increase the wording. Find a balance. Don't use that word ever again, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real word. Oh man, it's it's the specific, <laughs> but then the idiot at the end yeah. fucks me up. Because then you know it's city, right? Yeah. Specific city, specificity. <laughs> it almost sounds like you said specific titty. Specific titty. No, I'm saying specific, like ocean. Specific titty. <laughs> I know it's specificity. I just can't say it. So anyway, what she's trying to say is... Uh, what we're trying to say that she obviously said, or at least wrote, know how to spell. Yeah, be specific in your writing. Use strong nouns. Use good descriptions. And you'll find show, don't tell is a lot easier than you think. What I like to do when I uh, get to the phase where I'm really trying to do detail... I stop and I just kind of close my eyes and picture the scene in my head like I'm there. And then I kind of think, what do I smell? What do I see? What do I feel? You know, what's the wind feel like? Is it dry? Is it just the, even if it's not going to apply to the story, maybe I'll write it all down anyway. And then the next draft or even that same draft, get rid of what I don't need. But that way you hit all the marks, you know, all the five senses. Number five, use dialogue. Now this is getting advanced. Yes. Dialogue is the easiest way of showing. Dialogue is action in real time. Life occurring in the exact moment. A dialogue is always show. But is it though? Yes, while they're talking. But like, let me see if she goes into it. Uh, I don't see it. Dialogue tags. I want to drop some knowledge on dialogue tags now. A lot of people like to say, uh, hey, fuck your face, buddy, Paul said angrily no don't say paul said angrily you can either show i mean if he's calling you a fuck face obviously he's angry so do you is he gonna be hey fuck you guy or fuck face like no say you know paul said with clenched fist or paul said slamming on the table that's showing the action that's showing that he's angry or at least uh you know adding to the dialogue that he's angry so it's better to always do that than just he said angrily she said softly you know whatever it is like, instead, like, what I like to do instead is she said softly, I'll say, you know, she said in, like, a meek voice or she said with the almost whisper, something like that. What the, the ultimate goal with that is being so good at writing your characters that when it comes to the dialogue, you have, you're so good with their voice that you can do it with the minimal amount of the tags. tags. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It, that's preferred if he could just... Or even just without the tags or even without the he... You know, he said, she said. Like, yeah. That's when you know you can have... And they're able to fight or not. Like, who who said that? Which one said that? I, uh... Just going back to Matt Holland again because we were talking about him. I felt in Hair of the Dog he did a good job of that. He, uh... Like, with his dialogue tags, he didn't have to go real heavy with them because he laid out... You know, he created the characters in such a way that you kind of... Each character had their own little profile... That you knew how they thought, how they talked, and uh, the kind of their emotions. That, the kind of words they used. Yeah, what that. they were emoting. For instance, the female protagonist was real snarky and, uh, you know, she was kind of a smartass. So, you know, every time she said every, you know, most of the time when she said something, you already in your head pictured that smartass tone. Yeah. You didn't, he didn't have to describe it. So that, like, if you want a good character development example, I would recommend checking that book out. Number six, focus on action and reactions. Don't tell the traits of the personality of your character. Show them through their actions. 
Allow the reader to see how the character acts and reacts to the events in the plot. That will reveal his personality. Instead of saying, she's a bad woman, describe her kicking a straight dog. Oh, god damn. No. Why do you kick the straight dog? Why, why can't it be a gay dog? Well, you don't kick a gay dog. <laughs> Is that a hate crime? Yeah. I think they... Did, I think she did, meant to say stray dog, but she wrote straight dog. Oh. Yeah, I just I just heard stray dog. I was like, why... No, she, it says, describe her kicking a straight dog. Oh. So I, I assume that meant stray, but try to be witty, Spencer. Kick a gay dog. Anyway, you will immediately convince the reader that she's not a good person. Kicking the dog or a baby is the easiest oh. way to establish that. Stephen King does a good job of doing that with his bad guy characters. But though somehow with his bad guy, with like you still a lot feel of, for him. You you just kind of like root for him a little bit. Like you like that person a little because well, he's a fucking master. Besides, focus on the body language and facial expressions. They are part of how we communicate. When we talk, we react physically. So the character should also have that. In each emotion, we react differently. For instance, I can swallow dry when I'm nervous, but if I'm worried, I frown. Be aware of that and describe the character's emotions through their body language. That's one I definitely implement in my writing. You know, I'll have a lot of frowning or, you know, she said with a frown or just, you know, a wrinkle of the brow. Just little, little things to kind of add that extra sense of emotion and physical emotion showing up on their face or their body language. And that, I feel like, is not a really hard technique to get into your writing. It's just a matter of learning specific tags and things that you want to add. And when to add. Yeah, uh, because you definitely want to do a good job of varying those, though, because... And I've done this in my own writing, too, but I, I swear almost every writer knows what it's like to... And then she said, holding her breath, and then they never let the breath out. Mm-hmm. Or they, you always have people they'll give a trait to, and then they realize, oh, shit, I used that 15 times in this book. You, like somebody, you know, he said with a nod, and he's always nodding every Everybody fucking time. Nods. Oh, she Gotta- breathed in. Oh, she's always breathing in. God damn. When does this, when does Why this is this bitch- guy always leaning on the wall eating an apple? Like, how many times does he do that in a story? How much whistling can one person do? <laughs> All right. Oh, shit, we're at the end here. Conclusion? With practice, show don't... By the way, James Joyce does an amazing job of showing, not telling about the farts. And not... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. In, in his love letters. He's telling everything about that. He was telling everything. He, I'm glad he didn't yeah. describe in detail the farts. Like, he didn't talk... Ooh, like about, how it tasted? Yeah, like, he talked about the smells, but he definitely didn't describe the smells, which I was very <laughs> thankful for. Anyway, with practice, show don't tell will become easier to a point where as it'll be a p- spontaneous in your writing. If you like this article, you might also like it. It's a bunch of articles. So, uh, Leona Britz, that was a quality, quality article. Yeah. Let me see if I can. Instead, the only thing, just you know, don't kick, don't kick straight dogs very specifically. Specifically. I'm gonna go back to that word. I'm gonna, you know, what? I'm actually gonna look up that word just to get the proper pronunciation. I hate that. That annoys me. I hate. Not knowing the pronunciation of a word. Well, is it not knowing or just like... I know with me sometimes with words, just the actual physically trying to say that word. There are definitely a handful of words that I just... My mouth does not form the proper way to say them. I don't know why. Um, I want to find her Twitter here so I can give her a quick shout out, but... I'm not seeing it because the white and cooperative is a bunch of bungholes. 
You were just talking about how cool they were. Yeah, they are. That seems like a qual- a very quality site. Um, so anyway, if you go to the writingcooperative.com, look up Leona Britz. She seems to have a lot of really good articles here. We might actually be using them in the future. Maybe uh, if we ever get our shit together, we'll try to get her on the show. Yeah, it seems like she knows what she's talking about. We were talking about this off air, just joking about you doing a Skype when I'm on vacation. Yeah. But we definitely need to uh, practice the Skyping to just, yeah. even if it's just like you or my brother or somebody, just be like, hey, get on the computer from wherever you are and I'm going to hook it up to the mixer just so we know how to do it. Yeah. Because I that the, as the hardware aspect, I, I we haven't done it. So. And like, would we do that like what? Like, would I have to bring my laptop in so we both are, like, Skyping the same person at the same time? Or would Not... we just Skype it off of yours and... Well, like, the I... dead robots, because I know their way of doing it, they all do Skype. Yeah. They don't ever meet up yeah, in the room. Yeah, they're all, they're, they're all far away. But the thing about that is, I, I assume, because I think it's Paul who has, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that he has a mixer or something, but, I'm, like, the Skype probably connects to his mixer, or I think they use Google Hangouts, actually. And then they all just talk from their computers. But if me and you are together, and like in a room, and then we just have a guest come on, yeah. I would imagine it would just be on this laptop, and they would see me, but they wouldn't be able to see you. Of course, we don't actually have to see them. I, I could just cover up. It does, like That doesn't really matter as long as we hear them. So we can uh, – because you could do that by the phone too, people do. I've had uh, – listen to podcasts where people yeah. do that. But that one, those ones always seem – I don't know. They don't sound great. Well, even like the Skype ones don't always sound the well, best. Oh yeah, this, this, the Skype ones can get a little glitchy sometimes. Well, even like the dead robots. My only complaint with them is you do get a lot of robotic noise, no pun intended, sometimes. <laughs> uh, like you ever hear like Terry yeah. or somebody, like yeah. just a weird uh, thing like that. But by the way, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, when we were at the uh, book club last night, yeah. I, I, I didn't even think of it. I was like, hey, you know what? I never looked up Pollen's, uh, uh, Colin's podcast on the Podbean app yeah. to see if he's on there. And, he, and their podcast was, and it only had one It had one comment, and it was that the sound quality's not good. There's a constant oh. buzzing. Oh, well, so what that was is that because um, he just is like a, a mic that sits on the table. Right. And everybody talks, <laughs> and the mic just picks it up. So normally there for a while there was like a um it was plugged into the wall. What we did So it. you heard the electricity. So what they started doing doing um is just unplugging it and just put batteries in it and somebody said that it went away, that it went away. I don't know. I haven't listened to it as much since I have been a, on it on it more. I would uh I would like to see his software set up. Does he use Audacity, do you know, or I have no Does he idea. even edit them, or he just puts them out? I think. Well, he, he has to at least add add the music and stuff. I think yeah. The only time that I think he might ever edit it is if some you know if Swears needs to or be take, taken out or, or his is or a little something. more polite than our podcast. Yeah, it's more. Uh, PG. I mean, there, there, there's some there's some swears, but like you know, if somebody drops like a hard you know f bomb or or something like that, or you know what I mean, talk about something that shouldn't be you know talked about, you know, right. Oh, anyway, I think we should wrap this up because we got a lot of good information for once. Felt like that was a this, solid this episode. Was, this was almost professional. Oh, it's because we're not drinking for once because we drank yesterday. So I'm, I am drinking an iced coffee. Spencer, he's not drinking his normal no. French. No, yeah. He drank, he drank a French one time. One time, and that. It wasn't even a real French, whatever that is. I don't even know if that is. It's just a cocktail mixer with you, gin you, in it. <laughs> you, you can, uh, 
You know, you you can spend a lifetime of drinking whiskey, but you drink one fresh and French, and you know, for as a Frenchman drinker, you fucking Frenchman. You know what? It's the specificity. <laughs> Man, you know there's people listening. Did you there. did you look? The, yeah, there's probably I'm looking like, up now. Oh, they're probably like you fucking idiot. They're, they're just screaming the word at us right now. Here we here we go. Here we go. Specificity. Specific. God, I still can't. Specificity. 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 That's a word people shouldn't use. No. Just say really specific. Yeah. So, I did a good job of sounding like a moron, but that's no different than any other podcast. Also, before we end this, I just wanted to give a shout out to our uh, new homies in South Africa, (laughs) Australia, and Israel, because we have picked up listeners from all around the world. That is kind of weird. Israel, I thought, was a little strange. I mean, just, just the thing... Just to think about that, like, okay, like, you, you know, first doing this, you're like, you figure, like, oh, some, you know, random friends and family members were checking out just to try to, you know, support it. And then you're like, well, we do have some people, you know, on the website that are constant, like, viewers, so they will probably check it out. And even, like, them, even with that, like, that, with just literally anybody anywhere can check out, check it out. It's it's weird to think that somebody in Australia yeah. has listened to us talk about God knows what. You know what? I'm not gonna badmouth Kentucky, but uh, they seem to be have uh, been usurped up there uh, by was it Texas? Ah, uh, shit! You know, I'm gonna look up the numbers. You talk about your favorite trip to the dentist when you were young. Oh <laughs> yeah, the, the dentist. That time they drilled my teeth. Fun fact about me, when I was a kid, I had a, because I was poor, my mom took me to a real shitty dentist once, and they jacked, like, they fucked up the Novocaine, and my whole head, my whole head swelled up, because they put it in the wrong spot, I don't know what they did, probably injected it right into a nerve or something that they weren't supposed to, and, uh, like a main artery, because of that, I'm sure so they didn't get sued, they just said I was allergic to it, the next time I went to, a different dentist, obviously. You said you were allergic. They had, it was on my file that I was allergic so I got my teeth drilled, no Novocaine, oh. no nothing. Just a kid there just said, squeeze my hand if it hurts. The whole time I'm just like, it. Oh, worst thing ever, getting your tooth like drilled and not just drilled, but you can taste and smell the burning real hard because oh, it's yeah. I, like I was so old time. How, how did you find out that you wasn't? They it? never ever said after. Like, that is just the thing. Oh, you're allergic to it now. No, but like. Have you had it then since to see if you are actually allergic to it? Um, I think a couple years after that, I went to a different dentist, like a not fucking poor people dentist, like a normal one. And they were like, are you allergic to this? I was like, I don't know. I was a little older. So I was like, I don't think so. And they just tried a little and I was like, fine. But I definitely got like multiple cavities filled in my youth. No Novocaine. And it was terrible. But... We might have to consider uh, finding, like, whoever, uh, like, once a year, whatever state has the most, uh, like, viewers and or listeners or whatever, you know, site readers, um, and trying to find, like, a centralized, like, convention or something. That would be really and, cool. And maybe go there, and, like, if we're not able to get, like, a booth or anything, maybe, like, schedule, like, you know, let people know, like, hey, we're gonna be here to check out this website for the podcast or whatever, come and, you know, mm-hmm. track us down or whatever. Yeah, I'd really like that, or even do a panel somewhere. 
Um, yeah, so obviously Pennsylvania is still number one for our downloads. This is just in the last, I think, 30 days or something. Because Minnesota was, I didn't realize, originally was our like highest. But we fell off in Minnesota. Minnesota. We, we fell off in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, they... The last 30 days, we got six downloads from there. We were, like, originally getting, like, 30 or something. But uh, Texas is now beating Kentucky by a small margin. Not not too much. By 5.79%. But still. Come on, Kentucky. What are you doing? Well, we got the same amount of listeners in Kentucky. We just picked up more in Texas. Yeah. But as big as Texas is, we should at least have quadruple the amount. Yeah. And then uh, Colorado comes in with the uh, a nice fourth. They're not trailing too far behind either. Uh I was surprised about that. I like that. And Connecticut, I know we have one listener because she writes for the site, but we have more listeners from Connecticut now. Same with Michigan. We still got Minnesota. California, really slacking. They've, they've dropped off a little. Almost. I thought California would be a hit. Maybe it's because when I post the episodes, they're three hours behind, so the West Coast is getting in the morning. Maybe. Maybe they don't want to. I don't know. Maybe they don't do a lot of reading over there. Yeah. Um, I wish you would tell me how many from Alaska, but it's not. And then from the world. Let's check out the world. What the fuck? Oh, this piece of shit. Hold on. Hold on. Podbeam Mobile, you're slacking with your overview. Oh, let's give a shout out to our Canadian friends. All four of them from Ontario, Canada. Yeah, we got four listeners from Ontario. That's not too bad, though. No. I'll take it. Yeah. We had... Um, I'm a little country. disappointed because at the beginning, we had some from Toronto, um, British Columbia. Now we're, we only have Ontario, so... That, that's just for the podcast? That's just yeah, the that's podcast. the podcast. I don't podcast. know what our readerships come from. No, our readerships very uh, varied. I think we used to get a lot of Russians, which yeah. is interesting. Most of our views obviously come from the U.S., but Australia is uh, second. A very close third is the United Kingdom. Very close fourth, South Africa. And like I said, Israel pulled up. They uh, are now beating Brazil, Russia, Estonia. That's one person from Estonia listens. I want to try to get that market up. Estonia? Yeah. One from we it- could be stars there. <laughs> one person from Italy. All right. Well, you know what? If we're going to talk about this, let's do that in another episode because I don't think the people that were listening to us talk about writing give too much of a shit. No. If you folks want to check out and contribute to everything that we do if you have show ideas or anything you can hit us up on our website drunkenpenwriting.com or preferably if you're going to give us ideas you could just easily go on our twitter at drunkpenwriting and uh slide into our dms on nasty like mm, baby and uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook. I do apologize because every time someone comments, it doesn't notify me because Facebook, since the up- last update, it does not notify like individual pages you have. And uh, if I don't check it manually, I don't know we get comments. Oh. So I, I can't respond until that I sucks. look. Yeah. So like sometimes um, we're not ignoring you guys. I just don't happen to see it on the day that you comment because it doesn't fucking tell me. Some It'll tell me when uh, somebody likes or shares something. But, you know, something that I actually, or even messages, I've gotten messages like, oh, this person messaged us four months ago. Now I feel like a big dick. But uh, check us out on Facebook and maybe one day we'll actually pay more attention to it. And uh, take it easy. See ya.